Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to break down the Bengals-Bucks preseason game one, all the nuances of the game, and all the position groups. And we're also going to go over some current Bengals headlines. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Who day? The Unofficial Bengals Podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Bengals Headlines The Bengals start off the season right with a win over the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know it's just the preseason, but believe me, this is the beginning of great things for us. Alright, before we go over the game, let's talk about some Bengals headlines. So Larry Ogunjobi's been cleared from the hamstring injury, so that's good. He didn't play against the Buccaneers, but it's nice to know that he's going to be out there practicing, joining the rotation, and contributing to an excellent defensive line. And then you have the Joseph Osai injury from the game. We're going to talk about his performance in a little bit, but he did get hurt colliding with Darius Hodge, and it looks like he has a small chip fracture in his wrist. It's only going to take a few weeks to heal. We'll see where that lands. You know, it might, they're saying he's going to be ready for the first game. It might go a little bit further than that, but that's okay. You know, let him get right. If we get him back second, third, fourth game, you know, we'll have him for the rest of the season. The good thing about it, if you want to look at a positive from it, is on top of the phenomenal game that he had, there's not going to be much tape on him. So when he does come back early in the season, he's going to sneak up on a bunch of teams. So that's going to be a very good thing. As far as transactions, they waived Riley Lease, Pro Wells, and Reese Horn. Those guys didn't really get much playing time in the preseason game. They were kind of at the bottom of the depth chart, so those are understandable moves. I wish those guys luck in their NFL career. And then the other report is Jackson Carmen came into camp out of shape, and you don't like to see that. You know, you're a second-round pick. You're coming from a big-time program. You're kind of penciled in as a starter or a potential starter. I would have liked to have seen him come in, you know, fully ready to play. I'm not going to hold it against him. I wish it was the opposite of this. But, you know, he's got a few more weeks to get into playing shape and work his way into the lineup. And well, I'll talk about him, his performance in the game a little bit later in the program. But, you know, I have high expectations for him. This isn't the end of the world. I just would have liked to have seen it come out a little differently. And then Jesse Bates didn't get the extension yet. And, you know, there was a quote of him saying, I guess I haven't done enough to prove myself. You know, a little bit of sour grapes. And I understand it. He wants to get that extension. But I believe they're going to do it the first week of September. So, you know... We get all hyped up about stuff like this, and everyone's getting upset, and probably Bates himself is getting upset that they're not getting it done sooner, but I do believe that that will get done before the season starts, and this will be a non-story. And congrats to Bates on being number 90 in the NFL's top 100 list. You know, I don't buy too much into that list. That, That list has been going on for years. I don't even watch the program where they announce the guys. I just don't totally believe that that list is accurate, even though it is by other players. You know, for years, Vontez Burfecht didn't get on that list because everyone hated him. So, you know, there are some fallacies with that list. And Bates at 90? I don't know. I would have I would have taken him a little bit higher than that. But, you know, that's the way the list goes. Hendrickson was number 73, so technically we, we have two top 100 players. But in my opinion, as this season develops, we're going to have a handful of top 100 players. And, you know, hopefully that Joe Burrow guy ends up in the top 10. Preseason Week 1, Cincinnati Bengals 19, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14. 
So it was so exciting to have Bengals football again. And we're going to have it every week, you know, into January, except for the bye week. And as I said before, hopefully into February. Our starters went punch for punch with the Super Bowl champs. We looked very good matching up against them. I know it's just preseason, but very encouraging. The starting D was great against the run. And they were aggressive, like in the, I call it the juju game, you know, the game against the Steelers last year, where our defense looked like the most aggressive defense in the league. They came out of the gate like this in this game, too, the starters and the backups. So if that continues on to the season and this offense performs like we think it's going to, I'm telling you, this is going to be a playoff team. And regarding the game itself, it was a little sloppy on both sides. There was a lot of turnovers, not a lot of taking care of the ball. You do see that early on in the preseason. I'm sure both of those teams are going to clean it up. And, you know, we'll move on from that. Our depth looks better than their depth, too. You know, our backups took charge of the game. So that's nice to know that even though they're the Super Bowl champs, you know, we, we have a looking like a deeper roster than they do at this point. And as far as the flow of the game, they scored first. But then we took the lead. We managed the clock well and didn't let them back in the game. And I think Coach Taylor did a great job of protecting the starters. He, you know, he didn't have Brandon Wilson returning kicks even. He had the defense in for six plays, the offense in for one series, wanted to make sure everyone got one catch out of the big three. So he did a good job not exposing anyone to injury. And he used the rookies well. The rookies got a lot of very, very good game experience in this game. So that was encouraging to see. That can only help. We need to get everybody ready to play come week one. And also some good play calling by Coach Taylor. What we did a lot this game, and I don't want to do it too much more in the preseason because I think it's going to work very well in the regular season, is those misdirection plays. You have the whole offensive line going right. You're doing a play action to the right. All of a sudden, you go back left. They did it a bunch of times. What they did it to Moss twice, Wilcox twice. In the first series, they tried it with Boyd, even though the pass was incomplete. I I counted there was about seven times in the game where they did that. And uh, great, great idea. It seemed to work almost every time we ran it. And then one questionable part about the play calling, it looked like, I mean, if you really watch the game again and analyze it, most of the runs went to the right side. And I don't know if that was by design or just something that the coaching staff kind of overlooked and, you know, just got used to it. Or maybe they saw some weaknesses on the right side. I'm not positive, but it was, I think it was very imbalanced as far as a lot of plays going to the, a lot of running plays going to the right and not many going to the left. All right, so let's quickly go over the position groups and analyze how the players did in those position groups. So as far as quarterback, Brandon Allen showed that he was reliable. You know, he showed some growth over last year, albeit against backups for the most part. It's good that he was playing better than the backups. You know, if your backup quarterback goes in there and struggles against the twos and the threes of other teams, that doesn't bode well for the regular season. So it it was nice to see him, I'm not going to say dominate, but play very well against the backups. And played decently against the starters, too. That pass to Boyd was a really nice throw down the middle, and I'll go over that in a little bit. And Allen had that great scramble, too, where he pulled the ball down when we were in a long situation and just ran down the left side, slid, got the first down. We saw a lot of that out of him last year. It's nice to know that that's a weapon and an element of his game. And he bounced back after that big hit. He took that hit, total blindside, never saw it coming, even got hit in the side of the head. And he sprung right back up. You know, no concussion, no on the ground, no didn't let the other team know that he was hurt. You know that hurt. There's no way that 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 hit did not hurt. But bounced right up. You like to see that toughness out of your quarterback. And he had the interception, which was a really cool and unique play, oddly enough. You know, when the ball bounced up, 
the guy intercepted it, and then it bounced back into Mike Thomas's hands. That was a pretty fun play to watch. And you know, I know it was kind of an ill-advised throw. It was into double-slash-triple coverage. But I like the confidence that he had there. And I'm not just trying to be a homer and make anything that we did a positive. But I like that he thought that he could get that ball in there. And, you know, in preseason, you might as well give it a shot. You know, he almost got it over that first level and almost dropped it in before the second level. Didn't quite work out, but I wasn't that disappointed that he took that chance. And then on to Kyle Shermer. He had a rough game. I mean, those were two really bad interceptions. I know one was negated by penalty, but I mean... He just didn't see the defenders or just did not throw it where he wanted to throw it. Those are pretty ugly interceptions. It kind of shows, with all due respect, that he's not quite ready for the NFL yet. It doesn't mean that, you know, you just wave him and cast him off to sea. But he needs some more work. He needs some more development. Hopefully he'll watch the film from this game and really correct his mistakes and move forward and be a positive contributor to this team. All right, on to the running back position. It was nice to see that they protected Mixon. They gave him one carry. I think he got three yards. Not great blocking on that play, but I'm not that worried about that. It was still nice to have him in there in live situations, even though he wasn't getting the ball. You know, you need to just get your feet wet. It's been a while since he played. So he was in there for that first series, and that was a good thing. Samaj P. Ryan ran hard like he always does. I, I say he, he would run through a brick wall if he had to. It was not good that he fumbled on that play, but he's not really known as a fumbler. Let's call that an early preseason mistake that I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be fumbling the ball. He's a very strong back. He seems to take care of the ball. He runs hard. So it was good to also get him some reps but not expose him to injury and, and have him out there for the whole game. And then Chris Evans, you know, he was one of the rookies I was really excited to see, and he delivered. He played great, you know, in the passing game, running the ball, even in between the tackles, on the outside, on the inside. So it was good to see him be versatile, and he had great moves out there and great quickness, and he looks like he belongs. He's going to make the roster. The only thing that I would like to see him at least analyze in his own game, and I think the coaching staff is going to go over it, he was running east to west a little bit too much, you know, trying to avoid guys and string out plays all the way to the sideline. That stuff will work in high school and college. It will not work in the NFL. You have to be a little more north and south, even if you're an elusive back. So there was several plays where he just got strung out for no gain or not a big gain that hopefully he can correct in the future and, you know, be a little more decisive and cut up field, and then he can use those creative moves after he starts going north and south. Jacquez Patrick, another, he's like a, a Samaj P. Ron. I mean, he just runs hard. He'll run through a brick wall, too. Didn't like to see him fumble, and that's not good in your first experience in an NFL game. You fumble the ball. Again, it's early in the preseason. It's just you don't want to see that on tape from a guy struggling to make the roster. And I thought his speed was a little bit of an issue, but that's not the kind of back that he is. I mean, he looks like a back that you can end the game with like they did. Feed him the ball and just let him beat down the other team and run out the clock. That's exactly what he did this game. And I know it's going to sound crazy, but they have to find a way to keep all five of these guys. Maybe a practice squad. I know you can't keep five active running backs because it's going to expose you at other positions. But someone's got to stay on the team on the practice squad. Maybe they keep four on the roster, one on the practice squad. And then you have a good blend of backs there. Like Mixon is the everything back, right? He's power. He's speed. He's a pass catcher. He can kind of do it all. And then you have... Two power backs in P. Ryan and Patrick, and then you have two speed backs in Evans and Travion Williams. Bad break for Williams to not play in this game. Pulled his hamstring at the end of Thursday's practice. 
and he ended up not making the trip and not playing in the game. And then Evans got a lot of the carries that Williams would have had, and Evans really shined. But, you know, Travion's got a couple more games to perform and show that he belongs on this roster. And like I said, they have to find a way to keep all five of these guys. Wide receiver, it was so fun. They got Boyd a catch, they got Chase a catch, and they got Higgins a catch. It's nice, just let all of them get one touch. Don't expose them to injury. And if you look at the catches by each one of them, those catches are so indicative of these guys' style. Like Boyd, he runs down the seam on a clutch third down and catches the ball in traffic. A tough catch in between three guys. Great hands, great route. Just exactly what he did last year. And Burrow is going to find him repeatedly on plays like that. And it was nice to see his first and only catch of the preseason so far was exactly that. A first down conversion right down the middle of the field. It was so good to see Jamar Chase get a reception too, and that's also his M.O. You get him the ball in space and enable him to become like a running back out there, and that's exactly what he did. When he had, I thought he was going to possibly break that, but there was just too many defenders on the back end for him to really score a touchdown on that. But what an explosive 16-yard play. I know every Bengal fan out there was going crazy when he had that reception, me included. So really nice to see, and that's kind of what we're expecting out of him. And then Higgins continues what he did last year, running great routes. Not just a tall, athletic, good, fast receiver, but a great route runner. And that's what he did on that play. If you watch, that's a comeback, right? What, he runs out five yards, six, seven yards, comes back, gets the ball, breaks the tackle, gets a first down. He's going to be a nightmare to cover in one-on-one coverage with running routes like that. So it was an excellent route, it was an excellent play call, and it was an excellent performance by Higgins on that play. Mike Thomas had a good game. I know he had the fumble, but he also showed that he belongs on this roster. He had a couple nice catches, a couple nice runs after catch, and you know, he's a great gunner, he's going to be a special teams guy, and he's going to find himself a place on this roster, even though this wide receiver position is just flooded with talent. Trenton Irwin, another guy I'm rooting for, and he's another one that you can't let leave the building. I know maybe another run on the practice squad and then on the active roster if someone gets injured. Maybe the active roster if he ends up beating out Thomas or Taylor, but he showed toughness. He took that one massive hit, and the guy who hit him bounced back just as far as he did. So, I mean, he's a strong receiver. He's a 6'2", big receiver. You know, he doesn't look like it. He looks a little thin out there, but he's a tough, strong receiver excellent route running. They put him on special teams because they want to see him make the roster. And if you're going to be the six wide receiver or the seven, if they keep seven, that's rare. You need to show up on special teams and they gave him every opportunity to. They let him return a punt. He was there on coverage. So that's a good thing. Trenton, I'm rooting for you, man. I really want to see you make this team. And as of now, you deserve it. And then Auden Tate had a really nice catch. What we expect out of him, a contested great catch where he uses his size. And if you watch the game, he was also doing what he did last year and blocking well downfield. An aggressive big blocker and a reliable fourth receiver. So we we have a lot of weapons here. Trent Taylor, quiet game out of him. I was expecting him to be a little more involved in the passing game. At least they gave him some punt returns. You know, there's only so many touches they can get each guy, and he happened to be the odd guy out in this game. So, you know, we'll see. They have a lot of high hopes for him, and it looks like he has a very good shot at making the roster too. One thing that he did that kind of bothered me a little bit, and whether it's a Bengal or another team's player, I just hate when guys do this, is when someone maybe hits them early and they're on the way to the ground and they're already like throwing their hand up to the ref with that like throw the flag motion. 
I, I just never like that. I, I always think that's petty when guys do that. Nothing against you, Trent Taylor. You're a Bengal. I'm not dissing on you. But I just think that's like a little bit of a babyish move when guys do that. Let the refs call it. If the refs don't call it, just man up and, and try harder on the next play. And then on to tight end, Uzama and Sample, they just use them for blocking in that first series, which is fine. You know, again, they don't want to expose people to injury. They wanted to get the wide receivers their touches as well. So there was no tight end passes to the starters, but they're going to get their fair share when the season starts. And it was nice to see Thad Moss get a catch on, on a misdirection play. Twice he was wide open. The first time, Shermer missed him low. The second time, hit him perfectly, and Moss gets all those yards after catch a guy I'm really pulling for to make this roster, so it was nice to see him have a big play in this game. And they gave Wilcox a lot of action too, which means they want to give him every chance to make the roster, making me almost think that Mason Shrek is going to be the odd man out. And obviously Pro Wells is no longer with the team, and Cheyenne O'Grady didn't get any playing time, so you kind of know it's it's really going to be Moss and Wilcox battling for that, that backup spot at this point. Offensive line, the first group, very good protection. Maybe the Frank Pollock effect is is a reality here. And on the Jamar Chase play, it was nice to see Jonah and Quentin Spain get out there in front and block downfield. They were out there quick. I almost thought Jonah was downfield a little bit too far when the ball was caught, but it wasn't called, and uh, that's a weapon. I know Jonah's known for that, known for being able to get out there. And Spain's a big man, and you know he was he was sprinting out there too. So excellent job by those two guys. I hope to see a lot more of that this year. Then on to Michael Jordan. I don't know if you guys saw it, but when Samaj P. Ryan fumbled, it was because Jordan missed his block. It was on uh, Levante David. It was all hands. Jordan tried to block him, and David just swatted his hands away and knifed right inside and hit P. Ryan when he wasn't expecting it. Ball comes out. So, again, I don't want to see that this year. I don't want to see Jordan make mistakes and let people get into the backfield or run freely at our quarterback or ball carriers, and this was not a good opening showing for him. Deontay Smith, he's going to be fighting for a starting role. It looks like he's even a little more ahead of the game than Jackson Carmen right now, and I thought he played very well. He had a missed block on the fumble late in the game, but that was when he was playing tackle. When he was inside at guard, he seemed to be doing the job, so he's another one in that mix to be a starter at guard. And then on to Jackson Carmen. The biggest thing I saw about him out there was his strength. He had a couple pancake blocks. He looks very strong out there. I'd like to see him hustle a little more. There was a couple plays where he's kind of jogging behind everything, and that's not something that you want to see. Maybe I'm just holding that against him because he came into camp out of shape and I'm looking for him to be lazy out there, and maybe it's not true. But either way, off to a good start strength-wise. He was really mowing people over, and you can see why he was such a high pick, and hopefully that strength translates into him being an excellent guard for us. And Isaiah Prince got a lot of playing time. He had a couple missed blocks. He had a penalty. It wasn't a perfect game for him, but they need some depth at tackle, and they gave him a ton of reps against a pretty good defense to see what he could do. So, you know, he's got a chance to, to make the roster as well. They do need tackles, and we'll see what happens with him. And then on to one last negative thing about the offensive line. Gunnar Vogel just does not look ready for the NFL yet either. I don't know if he's going to make the squad. I think he had a very rough game. He was the one who led up the play where Brandon Allen got tagged. And there was a couple other plays where he just didn't look strong enough. Or maybe it was a leverage issue. But, you know, you're watching the line and you're seeing one guy. I keep seeing number 62 getting beat. And I didn't even know who it was at first because the first time I watched the game, it wasn't with sound. I was watching it on Game Pass 
and uh, I, I finally figured out who it was, and I was like, ah, that's the new guy that we got. So you expect that. I mean, he was a late addition to the roster, a long shot to make the roster, and I'm just hoping that he improves his play in the, in the next couple preseason games because his NFL career is going to be on the line. All right, on to the defense. So the defensive line, DJ Reader and Josh Tupo had a low-key great series on that first series. They were clogging up the middle, and they forced Fournette to run to the outside, and you know, Pratt got him once, Bell got him once. Excellent playing out of them. And Reeder also had great penetration that forced that errant deep ball to Antonio Brown when Brady threw the deep ball in the first series. The one who really made the play there was DJ Reeder. He's going to be such a valuable addition coming back to this lineup. I think he's going to have a monster season. He's going to open up a lot of things for the guys around him. And an excellent addition. He was having a great year last year until he went down. And it looks like he's picking up where he left off. And then Trey Hendrickson came in with one of those hustle sacks that he was known for last year. You know, he's one of those guys that doesn't quit on the play, and that's what happened when he shared the sack of Brady with Osai. You know, Osai got in there, Hendrickson's getting blocked by his guy, never giving up, and all of a sudden he comes from behind, and you got two guys pounding, you know, the GOAT. And then on to the game wreckers. I could not be more thrilled that these two guys appear to be monster players that are going to work out you know as a third round pick Joseph Asai you wonder why did he slip to the third round oh you know we haven't had a lot of luck with third round pass rushers he looks like he totally belongs and they said he's got a relentless motor and man he's got a relentless motor I mean he just didn't stop on anything he was playing on special teams and making plays he five quarterback pressures the sack He was just all over the field. And you like to think all of the players are relentless, but he just has a motor that you don't see out of a lot of guys. And I know it's only one game preseason, but he did beat one of the top tackles in the game on that play, Werfs. So very, very encouraging stuff. I I know he got hurt, but he's going to be back. And he's going to be a phenomenal addition. If he really pans out and becomes a monster pass rusher, I mean, you're going to have Hendrickson in there. You're going to have Hubbard in there. You're going to have him coming in on third downs, maybe even more. This could be potentially a phenomenal defense. If he plays like he did this game for the whole year, it's going to be amazing. And Darius Hodge, same thing. I was watching the game without sound the first time around, and I'm like, who's number 44? I was like, he's on the defensive line. It looks like he's got the number of a safety. And then I finally realized who it was. He had a phenomenal game, again, against backups. But he was just as good as Osai. He was a game wrecker. He was in there so much, being disruptive. Same thing. Motor never stopped. And coming into the season, I know he has some legal issues, and he's an undrafted free rookie free agent. And I was like, uh, I didn't even consider him as a possibility to make the team. But the way he played in this game, he's he better make the team. If that continues, he's going to make the team, and he's going to get productive snaps, and he's going to play a lot. So, I mean, Osai and Hodge, if they work out like this, That's, in my opinion, two very unexpected star players, and they both played excellently this game. And Cam Sample was active in there. Another guy, he was hustling the whole game too. Not the same motor as Osai, but he was very active, and he had what I like to call a hustle sack at the end of the game. You know, he got blocked, didn't stop, made a sack, and basically ended their drive and basically ended the game. So really nice to see those rookie pass rushers seeming like they're going to pan out. Tyler Shelvin didn't have the game that I thought he was going to have, but it is his first game. They got him a lot of reps, which is exactly what he needs at this point. 
And, you know, with the 350 pounds, you think no one's going to move him. But his pad level was a little high. Some of the linemen were getting underneath him a little bit, and he got pushed back a few times where you don't think a guy like that can get pushed back. But that's going to that's correctable. That's something that the coaching staff is going to review with him. That's something he's going to self-analyze and get better with. And, you know, I'm predicting that he's also going to be in that rotation too. We're talking like four defensive linemen rookies that are going to come in and, and probably make the team and probably make an impact. Very positive stuff. On to the linebackers. Jermaine Pratt looked instinctive and fast in this game. He had that nice play early on. He wasn't in there a lot, but it was good to see him make a big play. Logan Wilson, same thing. He wasn't in there a lot, and he got beat really badly by Gio on that first first down by the Bucks. Looks like Gio just gave him a little fake to the left, and Wilson turned the wrong way, and there was Gio free, popping off to the right, getting the first down. Again, Logan Wilson is probably going to be a good player for us this year. Watch the film. Let's not make that a habit. But it's one play, his first series of preseason. You can't really read too much into it. Akeem Davis-Gaither was playing fast out there. And truthfully, I always say that he's undersized. He looked a little bit bigger than last year. Maybe he did put on some weight, but he was playing, again, he was playing instinctively as well, and he was playing fast, and they gave him a lot of reps, exactly what he needs. And then Joe Bocci, he was very active in the middle and had some good coverage. I think there was three plays where he was involved in pass breakups. So nice to see... I thought he was going to be more of a thumper in there, but it looks like he's a guy that can cover, so he has a good shot at making the roster as well. And on to the defensive backs, Bell, Bates, Awuzie, Waynes looked really good. I know it was just one series, but they all made plays. They all did their job. If those guys stay healthy, that's going to be an awesome secondary. I didn't see Mike Hilton out there. I was going to rewind and, and see if I saw him. There was no, no plays came his way, so if he was out there, he was nailing down his guy. I don't know what they did with him in the game, so I don't have any analysis of his performance because I really didn't see him out there. And then on to the backups. Brandon Wilson, Darius Phillips, Trayvon Henderson, Kayvon Frazier, all very active in this game. They made plays. They were hustling. Again, showing that they belong in this league. Nice to see. Tony Brown struggled a little bit in this game, though. They were targeting him. He let up quite a few pass plays. He's a veteran. I was expecting him to play a little bit better. Again, first game of the preseason, they do like him as a player, so he's got a shot at making the roster. He just has to step it up in these next two preseason games. And, Tony, I'm totally rooting for you, man. And then on to the star of the secondary, Jalen Davis. Those two pass deflections, bounces the ball in the air, interceptions. They say it's going to be tough for him to get playing time on this roster or even make the team, but I think the way he performed this game, if that continues, he's totally making the team. But they're saying he's mostly a slot guy. So he's going to be behind Hilton and Phillips, and he's going to be the number three. Because Phillips can play the outside. So it's not like if you keep Davis, you have to get rid of Phillips. I mean, he's probably going to be the punt returner. Phillips had that excellent kickoff return. And Phillips was very active as a defender as well. It's not if you keep him, Davis doesn't make the team, or vice versa. I think we can coexist with both of these guys. And again, another surprise. Jalen Davis played a few games for us last year, most notably against the Steelers, where he was like really thrown into the fire. But he's been around. He's been in the league for a few years, just like Tony Brown. He knows his NFL life is kind of at stake here, and he showed up. Even on the two-pointer, he was the one who led up the two-pointer. But, I mean, it was just an excellent catch where the, the tight end got like 11 and a half feet in the air, and Davis was right there. He just missed a deflection. So I have no complaints about his game. And then lastly, on to special teams. Coach Simmons was out at his father's funeral. I send my best wishes out to him. The coaching staff did very well in his absence. It didn't look look like the special teams missed a beat. 
great kick coverage, great punt coverage, which we're known for, and that just seemed to continue. And I think that's going to be a weapon for us this year. And it was last year. Even though we didn't have a great record, our coverage teams were excellent. And as I said before, it was nice to see Darius Phillips get that nice return. He had a punt return and a kickoff return where he caught the ball cleanly, and that was the thing that we wanted to make sure. And when he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric, just like Brandon Wilson. So we're going to have a nice one-two punch if Phillips is indeed the starting punt returner. And there was great blocking on that kickoff, too. If you watch, everybody was turning their men around, enabling Phillips to just blast up that sideline for, I guess, seemingly like a 40-yard return. And the last thing on special teams, the kickers were spectacular. This McPherson guy is going to be great for us. And it's a shame about Cyber because he's kicking so well, too. And you know they're not going to keep two kickers. You know, not even a practice squad. So it's unfortunate for Cyber because McPherson is going to be the kicker. He was a monster out there. You know, maybe Cyber becomes trade bait. I don't know if anyone trades for a kicker these days. You know, maybe they do something with the practice squad. Probably not. But if they wave him, someone's going to pick him up in a heartbeat because he's better than a lot of kickers that are out there starting for other teams. So good luck to him. And again, I mean, this draft could be monster if you think about it. Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen with that strength. Hopefully he comes around. You got Osai. Hopefully Shelvin comes around. Sample played well. And now you got the kicker in the fifth round. Chris Evans in the sixth. I mean, this could be one of the greatest drafts of all time. And you stack that on top of the Joe Burrow, T. Higgins draft, Logan Wilson, Davis Gaither, even Kareem, who I know is hurt right now. You start putting together a couple drafts like that in a row and have a solid core of players to begin with, like your Jesse Bates and your Boyd. You bring in these free agents. We could be building something really special here, and I can't wait to see it. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be a review of the Bengals-Washington football game that's happening on Friday night. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.